lot of the time we just do one interview and make, and make that hire. Oh, mm-hmm. he showed up for the interview. Let's hire him because he's a great fit because he knows how to paint. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> yeah. But that's hiring out of desperation, not out of, uh, not in a position of power. So we want to be hiring in a position of power. Um, so we want to make sure we hire before we actually need to, that might not be the case right now, but we can still be patient and, uh, and, and do enough interviews so that we hire the right person. Welcome to the Painter Growth Podcast, where we help you scale your painting company in record time. Join us as we explore sales, marketing, hiring, finances, leadership, and more, everything that you need to know to scale and grow your painting business. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hopping into today's episode of the Painter Growth Podcast. I am joined today by Matthias, sorry, Matthias and Camilla, uh, business owners, painting contractors, and we are going to be working on some hiring today. Yep. Yep. So uh, you want to just tell me what's going on? Yeah. Um, so uh, we are at a point right now where we've really started implementing the different uh, processes and systems that, uh, that you've provided for us, Mike. Um, we've, uh, we've really started noticing a big influx in leads and, um, just in people calling us for bookings. Um, and we really need to start making sure that, uh, we have the manpower to, uh, to back up all the work that, uh, is being provided to us. Um, so we're, we're, we're getting ready to, to do a hiring campaign. Um, Camilla is going to be, um, in charge of hiring. Um, so I mean, um, what, what are your like initial like questions on hiring? Um, what do you what do you need to know? Um, nothing. I have to. I do have to sit down and watch the modules. Um, I hired a a guy last week. Um, just trying to get more people on our team. We're getting more jobs. Um, so just trying to be more. Um, like I said, hiring more guys so that we can start getting more that that amount of jobs that we're receiving. Okay. So let's just start with some some background just so I can kind of understand where you guys are at. So how long ago did you join the program? Oh, uh, we joined about a month ago, I'd say. Okay, awesome. And then how much, you know, in dollar amount have you booked since since joining? Uh, how much have we booked last month? Mm, I'm not, I don't know the exact numbers. Um, but we've, we're working right now on five different jobs. And then we have two guys on each job. Um, so we are, I want to say, we probably closed 20,000 last month um, of deals. Okay. So you, uh, you closed about 20,000. You have 10 painters working right now. Are they all working full-time? Yes. Okay. And so how much are you averaging right now for monthly production? Mm, probably that, that 20,000. Okay. So... Um... 20,000 a month is like probably what two painters could produce full time. Like one painter can produce about $10,000 on their own if you just look at charge rates. So if you go, you know, if your charge rate or production rate is like, you know, say 75 bucks an hour, which is kind of average, and you go 75 times 40, which is 40 hours a week times 4.3 weeks in a year, that's 12,900. 12, I wish I could put numbers up on the thing. Uh, this doesn't have uh, the whiteboard like Zoom does. So uh, 75 bucks an hour is an average charge rate, 40 hours a week at 4.3 weeks. That's 12,900 per month. So each painter should be able to produce about 12,900 per month. With 10 painters, 
you should be able to produce about $129,000 per month. Yes. Right. So I guess before we look at bringing on new painters, I think we need to get clear on our numbers. Like we need to know how much is coming in, how much work do we have scheduled out? How much is each painter producing per day, per week, per month? Are they being maximally productive? Are there things that we can do to help them increase their production? And, and how much are we producing right now? So like getting really clear on where you are will be the only way that you can decide really what you should be doing from there. Because I don't think it's, a, if you have 10 painters, it's not a hiring thing right now. It's a productivity thing. Mm -hmm. So just tell me a little bit about the sites. Um, so you have five crews, um, two painters per crew. Um, what, what types of jobs are they working on right now? Um, mostly just paint. Well, we're focusing on the painting. But, well, like interior jobs, exterior jobs. Oh, full. they're all interior right now. All interior. Yes. Okay. Um, so they're all, um, so one is actually, I, I don't know if Matthew told you that we have this, um, this program where they can pay us an escrow for sellers that are about to sell their house. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. You shared that a couple of weeks ago. Yes. So we have two, it's two clients that are doing that deal where we di um, directly send the invoice to title and then title will pay us once the house is sold, once it's closed. So we have two jobs that we're working on like that right now. That it's just interior, basic paint. Um, just I want to do it as quick as possible to put um, put it on the market. Mm -hmm. And then we have another one um, that was an insurance. It was um, it was a flood. A, the the condo flooded a little bit, so they had to remove the drywall and stuff. So we're doing a little bit of drywall repair plus the painting for the interior, new texture, and then the paint. Okay. I would want to just get like a confirmation on, on what your monthly revenue is. Cause I just have a hard time believing that it's only $20,000 if you have 10 mm -hmm. painters. Yeah. No. Are they full time with you or are they subs? No, full, full time. time. I was 20,000 profit. Oh, okay. 20,000 profit. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. so how much, so the, okay, this is different. So how much like top line revenue could you check like your QuickBooks or something on how much total revenue was produced? Mati, do you know about that? Because um, that's that's the number that I'm trying to get to. If, if you're oh, making twenty thousand dollars profit, that sounds more like it. Yeah, I was um, talking profit. My, I'm sorry. Okay, all good. Um, yeah, that that would be where I would want to start. Is like, what's the what are we producing right now per month, and seeing what the productivity level is of these painters. Or do you have like your production schedule that I could see? Like, could you share your screen and show me your production schedule? I we really don't have a lot of this set up. Okay, you're yeah. running five sites at a time without a production schedule. Yeah, that's uh, that's part of the reason we've been um, we we've been uh, so we we I don't we don't have our systems up yet. My sister is uh, is running the a lot of the jobs, and so she's a lot more on the forefront. So I think we need to be able to set set okay. it up together. Just because so, I so Camilla, how do you keep track of what jobs are coming next and uh, everything is being on top of? So we use this like program wise. Just like, yeah. What's what logistically do you do to understand where each job is sitting and when jobs are starting and stuff like that? So we do, um, we started with market. So we send our um, estimates with, so we go to the estimates and the with market, they sign it and it, they have to sign it in order for us to put it in the calendar. Okay. And then we'll go ahead and put it in the calendar. Um, Google calendar. Then, yeah, no, just a written calendar we have in our office. Okay. So you just um, write it down on the calendar when the job yes. is expected to be done? Yes. When it's when it's start date, when is finish date. 
And then what um, sometimes we have like jobs that come in between that need more, a little bit more attention. So we'd be like, okay, we're going to do start it this, these two days. Okay. Let's um, move these guys for two days over here and then go back to that one, finish this, the two day job and then go back to that one. So it just okay. depends. Do you use like a whiteboard, like a yes. whiteboard calendar. Okay. Good. Yeah. It's not like pencil you're erasing all the time. No, no, no. Whiteboard calendar. And it's in our office where we can all see it um, and then coordinate with our guys. So have you, then... seen, have you seen this? Um, I'm just going to share my screen here. This production planner. So this is a pretty simple spreadsheet, but I think mm -hmm. it would be really helpful to have you guys um, start implementing this okay. um, just, just to get, um, because you have a lot of crews and that's a lot of logistics. And I've, you know, I've ran that many crews I've ran. I think we had seven or eight crews going at once. And I couldn't imagine if like there wasn't a centralized way to communicate it with other members of the team. Right. So if like, if like you're on site, Camilla, at a customer's house and you're doing like paint samples or something and the customer's like, oh, hey, I need to move this job. Like we need to push it a week because my parents are in town or something. And so if right now the only way to communicate that is for you to write it down and then when you get back to the office, change it on the calendar, that's, that's like two different points of failure where um, that requires you to remember to do things, <laughs> right? And so if, if you have any systems that are, re are reliant on like one person to do multiple things for it to work, mm -hmm. um, it's going to break eventually. Yes. And it, I mean, you might get a courteous client who doesn't really care that much, but you might get someone who like really needed it done on a certain day. So we just want to set up like production systems so that it isn't so that it is more infallible. Nothing is completely infallible, but if we can make them as good as possible, um, then that will help everything. So this is uh, just a super simple spreadsheet production calendar. Basically, each call each set of three columns here is a crew. So what you'll do is you'll write the names of the crew members here. Mm -hmm update the date. So let's go to um, August, let's start on August 7th, which is coming Monday. So all the dates update. Um, basically how it works is when you book jobs, you go to the second tab and put all of your, all of the job names in um, the dollar amount, how many hours it's expected to take. Uh, your charge rate will show up automatically. It'll just calculate it. And then when is the expected production date? So you can put a specific date in there when you told the customer that they were expected. And then yes or no, has it been scheduled? Basically, what this one means is column F, have you brought it to the production planner? And so by bringing it to the production planner, here's what it means. So say we have this um, Johnson job, $5,000, 80 hours, right? And it's scheduled for whenever, let's say August you know, 6th. So in production planner, we will go to August 6th, let's say August 7th. And we'll put in a uh, job name, Johnson, amount 5,000 hours, 80. And because it's 80 hours and we have a crew of two people, we know that this is going to take the whole week. Mm -hmm. right? And then the color coding is how restrictive is it to uh, potentially move? So if the client is like really easy on like when, th when it can be done, it can be done anytime, just, you know, come in the next two months, then it'll be green. If it's like, okay, you know, we're pretty serious. We want it around this time, you know, then it's yellow. So there's some restrictions in place. And then if it's like the customer is like, I need it done between August 14th and August 18th, then it's red. And we know that it can't move at least from date, but it can move between crews. So if this McDonald crew, this McDonald job here is running late and you know, it's going to go over into Monday, then we can reallocate the Johnson job to a different crew um, because we know that Johnson has to start on Monday. 
And so what you do is because we can have all five crews here, we start scheduling out our jobs, seeing where there's gaps and um, basically making sure that each crew is producing at least 80 hours per week or 40 hours per painter. Would this be helpful? Yes, it will. And then that way um, we can just pull it out on our phones or some, or on the computer instead of having to be at the office. Exactly. Google Drive has a great phone app. You yes. can just go here and you don't have to pay a monthly subscription for this. <laughs> so um, just really simple. And then that way when you're booking jobs, um, you know, you can even cross them out once you have them scheduled or just like some sort of way that now you're, you're never going to miss um, scheduling a job. So Camilla, you're doing the sales. You go to the homeowner, the, the estimate, you book a job. As soon as you book the job, you immediately put it in here. And then whoever's responsible for scheduling, if it's also you or if it's somebody else, you know, with the notes, if you have like your documents on like in like uh, your uh, customer contract or something like that, you can now you can like put, put a link here. If you have any other details or photos, you can link various uh, Google you know doc uh, folders. So whoever is now doing the scheduling has full access to the job details. Pretty simple, but it works really well. Yeah. Then, yeah. So that way you can see organized as well. Yeah, like what are you, how are you seeing, um, you know, your implementation of this? What do you think it would add to your business? Oh, well, not, it will add, or, um, add organization um, just so that, and then I can even share this with my my guys and then they can even see like, okay, next week I'm not going to be here in Stockton and the next week I'm going to be in Lodi, you know, so it gives them as well to prepare for the, the week because usually... Um, I'll just tell them the day we start the job and then they know they have to go there till they finish, but they don't know the next, the next place. Exactly. So it'll keep my guys. It'll keep my partners. It'll keep the whole crew on the same page. On we where can actually go one further. You mm -hmm. can share this with your clients. Oh. Right? It's really cool to like use it as a sales tool. So if you have an iPad and you have a client who's trying to schedule and you guys are really busy. So you have lots of jobs scheduled, you can just open it up and look and say, Oh, I actually have a spot coming up next week that would fit this job perfectly with my top interior crew. Yes. And you can like show them. It's like, see, we have like a two day gap here. Would you like to take that spot? Mm. Otherwise you're waiting until October. Yeah. Okay. See, I do do that, but I just tell them verbally like, okay, either I have a spot this Monday or you're going to have to wait till mid August. Yeah. But, but if you can show them and like, yeah. plus they can see how organized you are, how many jobs yeah. you have going, how many painters that you're a real, you know, organization, it adds a lot of credibility. Yeah. And that's another thing Matthew was telling me that we need to implement an iPad that just stays for the company so that we take it to the estimates. Um, Cause now it's been mostly on my phone, but I think it's more professional if I show them the iPad just yeah. so that oh, they, yeah. know, they know it's like, okay, this is legit, you know? Yeah. iPads are, are great for credibility and you don't yeah. even have to buy an iPad. You can get like a Samsung tablet for a couple mm -hmm. hundred bucks these days. Yeah. Like yeah, iPads is. are obviously the market leader. So how I would get started on this is um, start here on the book jobs, list out every single job that you have coming up in the future and even the ones that you're working on right now. Then step two, um, put your crews in here. Okay. And even a bonus, like if you have a crew that you know is more productive than the other crews, put in how many hours a week you think that they can handle, right? If you think a crew of two can handle 100 hours a week, then, then put them in for 100, right? Okay. If you think a crew can only handle 80, then put them in for 80, um, and then also when you're like, when, when your crews are asking for holidays and vacation, you can put that ahead of time. So there's no miscommunications. Oh, I see. 
Okay. So um, just a little bit more malleable than a, a, a your paper calendar, your whiteboard calendar. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So that's how I would get organized. Um, I have it just set for five crews right now, but you can obviously extend it beyond that. Um, and then, so you have 10 painters, you have a bunch of work scheduled. Do you think there's opportunity to increase the productivity or do you think it's time to hire more painters? Time to hire more painters. Cool. Yes. Cool. Um, we can definitely talk about that. Yes. Um, I know Mati has shared the modules that I have to watch, um, the hiring modules. So um, just to, because I, I don't want, in the past, I don't think we have been as productive with our hiring. Um, it's, we, I actually want, I want someone that's going to be consistent um, and that's actually going to do a good job and stuff. So I, um, so I want to look into those modules as well. Um, What's been your hiring process so far? Because you have 10 painters. It sounds like they're not too bad. Yes, honestly, so word of mouth. Okay. So one guy is going to come up to me. Hey, I have a friend. Um, I mean, I just fired someone yesterday because he called in or he didn't show up for two days. And then I was like, okay, I need someone consistent. I'm telling my clients that the job's going to be done in a week. And if you're not going to come, then that's going to put my, it's going to postpone the job. So I'm just like, okay, you know what? It's not going to work. So now I have to, I'm looking for another person that is going to fill in his shoes. Right. And that's actually going to be a reliable worker for me. Mm -hmm. um, so it's honestly just been word of mouth. What do you know? What do you know what to do? Or what do you know what to do? And then, okay, I'm going to have you this, uh, um, a week at this rate, which will be the minimum. And then if you can show me that, you know, okay, I'll start increasing you. Yeah. So that's been our hiring process. Okay, cool. So, I mean, what I typically recommend is to hire for character over skill. Mm -hmm. Painting okay. is not a super hard thing. You know, yes. as much as we all like to believe it is, it's not super hard. You can learn it, um, especially if you have the right attitude. And on, I mean, you just listen to Tanner's podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all about, it's all about attitude and who you're hiring. And if, you know, if you have someone who comes in with a bad attitude, they can not only, you know, negatively impact their role, but they can negatively impact others, the customers, oh, um, yeah. your guys' sure. attitudes. So we want to make sure that we're getting the right person there. So where do we find people? Actually, how do we find the right person? So you're right, go through the training, but essentially it's going to be about um, identifying exactly who you're looking for. So, so being really specific, we have a couple exercises for you to go to really specific on who you're looking for and what you're going to want that role to look like, um, what their responsibilities are going to be, what their compensation structure is going to be. Um, and then you're going to want to create an ad for it. Okay. So the ad you don't want it to look like every other ad out there, right? So, so we go through some exercises on what are the other things that you can offer? Are there any benefits? Are there any, is there, can you offer piece rate? Can you offer bonuses? Can you offer um, productivity uh, bonuses? Can you offer flexible, you know, scheduling or um, company events? And once you put your ad together, um, you want to drive that traffic somewhere. So what, what is going to be the action that people take as a result of going through that hiring uh, ad. And uh, we might get a lot of applicants. And so we don't want a ton of people calling you because if we start doing a ton of in-person interviews right away, um, we're going to get no showed on interviews. And that's what we don't want. We don't mm -hmm. want to go to Starbucks and have the you know guy not show up and we would just waste an hour of our time. So how do we avoid that? Uh, Pre-qualification. So uh, using a Google form, having each applicant actually fill out uh, 
a Google form. Let me see if I can find it. So uh, yeah, I have the form in the, in the training. I don't have it right here, but basically asking them um, about, you know, who they are, logistical stuff, uh, uh, sharing a social profile, like a Facebook page link, um, and then having them answer some long form questions, like not just check boxes, not just yes or no. What are your skill? What's your skill level? But like, tell me why you'd be a great fit for your team. Why is this opportunity, uh, you know, interesting for you? Can you describe in detail how to set up a sprayer, <laughs> right? Don't yeah. miss any step. Um, and then you can even include if you want, if you want a more experienced painter, um, like, you know what? I'm actually, I might not put a technical question here because you could just Google it. Um, but even something just like tell me step by step how to how you would go at painting a bedroom. Yes. Or repainting a bedroom. And then they can, you know, you can see how bought in they are by do they do a two word answer or do they actually type a paragraph? Is it thoughtful? Um, do they put some like effort into it? And as you go through the various applicants, and we'll talk about getting applicants in a minute, but as you go through the various applicants in the form, you can just call the ones who actually put a little bit of effort. Mm -hmm into their applicant application. Um, and then from there, you, you follow the sim similar sales process to what you do in an estimate. You do a really thorough setup call, right? And pay attention to everything. Were they mm -hmm. late? Were they driving? Were they distracted? Um, or were they attentive and clearly like eager? Um, and then, you know, the input, and then the next step would be the in-person uh, interview mm -hmm. where you actually meet with them. Are they on time? Are they early? Um, do they bring a re resume? Are they dressed well? Do they clearly respect the opportunity? Um, what's their attitude? Do they shake your hand firmly? Do they look you in the eyes? Or are they weird? Do they give you weird vibes? Or are you going to be comfortable with this person representing your business? Um, and then, yeah, we have the interview framework for you to go through as well with those like 30 questions. So that's the, that's the process. And then the next thing we'll do is get into the traffic. Like, where do we get the applicants? But what stands out to you so far? Um, I love that the pre-qualification. So it's just not a waste of time as well. Um, I love that. Okay. I can get a feeling of who I'm going to meet already before having to have like actually spent my time with them. You know, I know, okay, this person is more quiet. Like you said, the paragraph thing, or he's more quiet on his words. And then, then, you know, so he might not talk on the job as much with my guys. So, which is good. I don't, I don't want people talking. I want them to focus on their job. Right. So I, lo I love the pre-qualification part where it's just like, okay, I get, I get information of the person before I've actually met them, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure you've been no-showed on an interview more than once, right? Yeah. 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 Um, I like the uh, open-ended questions, kind of getting them to express themselves a little bit. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, character over skill. I think that's such an important concept to keep in mind, you know, because we've, I think we've probably had more issues when it comes to character than when it comes to skills, specifically when it comes to our, our painting employees, you know, like if someone's, if someone's just being obnoxious at work and is interrupting everyone's workflow, that costs us a lot more money than someone dropping a, a speck of paint on the floor, you know, yes. like that it's, we, we, yeah, absolutely. That, that, that stuck with me a lot, the character over skill. Yeah. yeah, I mean, awesome. I let yeah, I let guys go just for attitude, and it's just like, or or they're talking with people, and it's just postponing the job, and I'm like, you know what, like this person, and I'll and I'll compare it. I'm honest with my guys, and I'm like, this guy just came in, he doesn't know nearly as much as you knew, but look at his attitude. He's trying to learn. He's trying to get the hand of it while being focused and doing the job while maintaining. Um, he's dressed well. He's not dressed in ratty clothes. You know, um, 
he cares about our uniform. He's yes, he's a painter, but he'll keep it clean, you know. So it, I like I like character over skill. I need to start impl um, implementing that. Cool. Yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty key. Um, oftentimes we don't we don't consider the opportunity cost, right? Are they being productive? Are they hitting their hours? Are they making? Are they completing how much revenue you need them to complete each week? And that can also go back to your uh, production planner. If you're scheduling each painter for $5,000 or each crew for $5,000 a week or $7,000 a week or whatever, if they start falling off that pace, you can start looking into why. Yeah. So knowing your numbers is, you know, especially as you guys grow, because, you know, you know, if you're doing, you guys are doing about a hundred, you must be doing about a hundred thousand dollars a month right now mm -hmm. around there. Yeah. I would say, I mean, we have, we're working on a job that's the estimated, the, the estimate went for 30,000. Um, another one for 10,000 and then, um, and then just small ones, smaller ones, 5,000, um, yeah. 3,000. We're, yeah. we're, we're in a little bit of a, of an interesting situation where we're, um, inheriting a, a business. Um, and so we're, it's taking us a bit to restructure everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and th there are a few roadblocks, um, but, but we're, we're trying our best to, to restructure things and to be able to to get yep. these numbers down and yeah that it's and definitely we, in the right spot yeah yeah, yeah. But you can't you can't you, can, you can't hustle your way beyond 100k a month like that's kind of the limit to where you can hustle and have these question marks on these black boxes like when i ask you what did you produce last month you should know it yeah. right when i ask you what was your gross margin on your average on your jobs last month you should know it yeah right by the you know the seventh or maximum the tenth of each month you should have your bookkeeper sending you your profit and loss statement from the previous month so that you have your books caught up, you know where your margins are, you can see if it was a good month or a bad month. And if it yeah. was a bad month, we can dig into it. Which Got jobs it. are completed? What was the gross margin on those jobs? Was it one crew that's been consistently lower or is it across the board? Is it an estimating issue? Is it a sales issue? Is it a production issue? Is it a training issue, a skills issue? So that's where once we know our numbers, we can make decisions and base our future actions on that. Instead of let's just work harder and hire more painters. A hundred percent. Cool. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, so we went through qualification, uh, not getting no show hiring for character over skill because skill is, uh, trainable. Now the next step is traffic and the term traffic refers to applicants. Like how, where are you getting your applicants from? How many applicants are you getting? How many interviews are you doing per hire? A lot of the time we just do one interview and, and make that hire. Oh, mm -hmm. he showed up for the interview. Let's hire him because he's a great fit because he knows how to paint. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> yeah. But that's hiring out of desperation, not out of, uh, not in a position of power. So we want to be hiring in a position of power. Um, so we want to make sure we hire before we actually need to. That might not be the case right now, but we can still be patient and, uh, and, and do enough interviews so that we hire the right person. So what have you done in the past? You said you've done referrals in the past. That's pretty much where you've made your hires from before. Mm -hmm. Cool. So once you have your ad and your form set up, now we want to get traffic. So um, the first place that I would go is referrals. So every one of your painters, send them the ad. Hey, who do you know? Um, can you send this to any of your friends who are looking for jobs? Any of your friends who are painters, maybe they're working for a different company, but they want a new opportunity. Send this to them. And first step is just trying to find you know, referrals because good people, no good people, warm introductions are always better than a cold application. Uh, the next step would be uh, going 
and putting your ad up at the paint store, talking to the paint man, the, the store manager, or your paint reps, because they're the ones that are talking to paint companies every single day. Um, then the third step is going to be your online paid and online free sites. So Craigslist, Indeed, those types of pages, right? And a lot of those sites recommend you use their in-house hiring tools. So like when you put a job on Indeed, it's like, oh, have them use this skills assessment and then have them apply through Indeed. But just share your Google form on those sites, <laughs> right? And then they can just go through your process instead of them having to go through that process. And you can even have a checkbox if you have a lot of sources of traffic and you want to know, hey, where did you find out about us? And you can just have a little drop down. Indeed, uh, Craigslist, referral, Google, whatever, right? Um, and put your ad on as many sites as you can. You can start with the free. And if you're not getting enough applicants, you can then go to a paid, uh, a paid search on those sites. Um, so yeah, referrals, paint stores, uh, and, uh, and then Facebook and, and your network too, right? Cause yes. you guys know other people who aren't painting for you in the painting industry. So you can start texting it out. You can start reaching out. Hey, do you know anyone who needs a job? Um, honestly, it's similar to marketing. It is marketing because the more effort and the more output you do in this stage, the more input you're going to get, the more applicants you're going to get and the better selection that you're going to have. If you're slow in your output, you're going to be slow in your input. <clears throat> so what are you hearing so far? Um, so the referrals, I like that idea too, because it also like, I'm, it's, I'm giving the chance. Cause I know these guys have their people, you know, they, my guys, they know someone or someone that's looking for a job and they want to help them out and stuff like that and bring them onto my team. So I like that where they get the first, first dibs, you know what I mean? Um, so they'll get, we'll send the ad to them and then, so how do you, well, I guess that's, that would be the pre-qualification, but how do you filter, like say Craigslist and Facebook, how do you filter, okay, I'm not getting randoms and I'm actually getting people that are actually interested on working on the job. Through your Google form. The Google form. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. So that would be the yeah. pre-qualification. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, if you get a referral, you want to treat them the exact same way if they were a cold, a cold uh, applicant too. You don't want to give them special treatment. So go through the full process, do a pre-qualification pre call, do an interview, ask the same questions. Just because they're referred by a client or current pay interviewers doesn't mean that they're necessarily, you know, better than another applicant or even qualified. So you don't want to get kind of rosy colored glasses just because they're a referral. Mm -hmm. um, so lots of ways to get traffic. Um, we do have a way if that doesn't work. Sometimes that doesn't work for people. Um, we do have a way that we use to... Uh, to use Facebook ads to get people to apply, which actually works. It's a lot more technically challenging to set that up. Um, but basically we do like a Facebook ad to a landing page, which is like a hiring page. And actually I can show you, um, show you this. So here's like an example from a client that we did this for. Um, so really straightforward. Um, basically just like, Hey, here's the headline. I'll share this link with you as well. Um, I actually recorded a little video for this client. Um, it's like, Hey, this is what we're doing. This is where we're hiring. This one is in Philadelphia. It's like, Hey, here's the position. This is what we're looking for. And then uh, summary. And then once they get to the bottom, they can click apply. And then that goes to the form. So cool. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's a little bit more technically challenging to set up because you need to set up a landing page, your Facebook ads, 
your targeting and uh, your Facebook pixel, which is just, you know, just a little bit more. So if you're not super savvy at Facebook, uh, that's challenging to do. But if you are really good at Facebook, then it can be a really good way to get applicants for cheaper than Indeed. Yeah. Um, and then Indeed, you have to pay to put the ads? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you well, it's free to post the ad. And then if you want to get, <laughs> basically, if you want to get applicants, it's it's pretty pay to play. So you have to pay like, I can't remember, they, they give you a price like 15 bucks or 20 bucks an applicant and they just start mm -hmm. flowing you with applicants. Like way, like you can set a budget like $100 a day or something like that, but like they will flow you with applicants and then like 95% of them will be junk. And then what you need to make sure you do so you don't get charged for all of that is that you decline everyone who doesn't progress to an interview. Oh. And, and if you decline them, you won't get charged for them. Okay. But if you just forget to decline them or just like let it run your budget and then just forget about going back to Indeed, they'll charge you the full amount. <laughs> so okay. be a little careful there. Um, the last thing I want to go, I want to just discuss briefly is the, is the opportunity and sweetening the, sweetening the opportunity. So how do you pay your painters right now? Checks. Hourly? Oh, like sorry. Hourly. hourly. Okay. And um, is everyone like like 25 bucks an hour or like what is the... The average is twenty-three. $23. Uh, and where are you guys located? Stockton. Stockton. We, we don't have nowhere near as high as uh, uh, Ontario or anything like that. Our, our average rate for, uh, for painters and construction workers. Yeah, our highest paid right now is 28 And then... You guys are in Ontario? No, 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 no. Where are We're you? Stockton, California. Oh, Stockton, California. I thought you said Toronto. No, uh, I was comparing it to to Toronto and Ontario. Okay, because there is a Stockton in Ontario. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, we're doing like our Toronto Mastermind next week or in two weeks. And oh, uh, okay. you're in Ontario. I'm like, you guys got to get there. That's hilarious. You yeah. know, I mean, we might fly out there, man. <laughs> <laughs> you should. You should. It's going to be fun. So we have... Um, the a really good tool that you can use that I recommend everyone eventually get to, and it might not be logistically possible for you right now, but like over the coming months, as you get your feet under you with this business, is moving your painters to piece rate. So, what do you know about piece rate? It's um, payment payment by job, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, how you how why this is a good idea? For the business, it's a good idea because it guarantees a fixed percentage for labor. So your labor budget, basically, most of the time, you know, 95% of the time, will not go over that specific budget. So if you budget 40% for labor and you're on a piece rate contract, your painters will not get, they will not go over 40%. So you know that your gross margin is going to be going to be fixed at that. And then paint, maybe it's 10%, maybe it's 12%, maybe it's 15%, like that's a variance, but at least you don't have a 60% labor bill at the end of the job. So that's number one, why it's good for the business. Yes. Excuse me. Why is it good for the painters is because if they're fast, they get paid more. So if a painter gets done a 50 hour job in 40 hours, then they get paid for the full 50 hours, which essentially gives them 20% more per hour. So if you're paying 23 an hour and they get an extra 20%, that's an extra 460 an hour. So that's 23 plus 460, that's almost 28 bucks. Okay, so now instead of working for 23 bucks for the last week, they work for 28 bucks. Mm -hmm. 
cool. So they get to make more money. Now, what are some caveats of this? Number one, painters must be responsible for their own touch-ups. They get paid when you get paid. So they do the walk around with the homeowner. They make sure it's ready to collect the check, collect the check. Camilla, maybe you still collect the check or the painters do whichever, whichever you decide, but they don't get paid until that job is closed out. And ideally you have a Google review from them. Right. Um, and then on top of that, uh, when it's an in-house painter, you don't tell them the piece rate by dollar amount. You tell them the piece rate by hours amount. Okay. This keeps it fair across painters. If you have a $21 an hour, $23 an hour, it keeps it fair. So you calculate your labor um, amount that you want to pay. So say it's a $5,000 job. I'm actually just going to share a spreadsheet here so that I can uh, just write this all out. I think it'll make a little bit more sense. And sorry for anyone who's listening. Uh, listening to this, but it'll be a little bit numbers heavy for a minute. Uh, oh, I got to just trade my screen here. You know what? This is fine. Whoa. Okay. There we go. Mm -hmm. So um, if you have a $5,000 job and you have a $75 an hour charge rate, that's, uh, oh, that's a $50,000 six hour job. Okay. And so 66 hour job, uh, that's how you would tell that to your painter. So 60, Hey guys, this job is worth 66 hours. And if you look at your, uh, uh, labor rate, 23 times 66.6 .6 is 1531. And if you take 1531 divided by, um, 5,000, you're looking at 30% labor. It's following so far. Yes. Cool. So if we could keep our labor at 30%, that'd be wonderful, right? Yeah. So if the painters get done in 66 hours, they will make their $23 an hour and we're still, and now we're going to be at 30%. But if they get it done in 50 hours, they get this much divided by 50. Now they're making $30 an hour. Okay. I can't do the dollar. I only have this pound. I got to change it. Oh, I have, it always does this to me. I am not in the United Kingdom <laughs> States. Okay. Back to the bottom. There we are. Okay. Cool. Uh, this is not. Okay, so this is not, uh, it shouldn't be a dollar amount. Uh, number, plain text. Okay, cool. So they're making 30 bucks an hour. Where was I going with this? Um, they get paid when you get paid. In California, there are some laws against peace rate. You can hear the listeners telling me that there are laws against peace rate. <laughs> for employees, but that's not how you, that's not how you structure it for them because the way that you structure it is that they're going to get paid their $23 an hour for the entire job. And then there's going to be a variance at the end. So at the end, if it's, they are getting the $30 an hour, then they're going to get an $8 per hour bonus 
upon completion. So you put it as a bonus. You put it as a bonus for employees in California. For us, nobody else cares. But California cares a lot about a lot of things. (laughs) But anyway, so you provide as a bonus upon completion of the job and just be really clear on that. So this is how many hours it's for. This is, you know, your budget. And we're going to help you get it done in that time. We'll help you with the job planning. We'll help you make sure that you understand where the budget is coming from. Here's how many hours everything is worth. And then you give them the tools to be successful with, with piece rate. And you want them to win. You want them to make more money than their hourly rate because then everyone's happy and they're producing, they're cr- cranking through work. Quality is high, all of that. Now, what happens if they miss a budget, <laughs> right? Because um, we've had jobs go over, right? Maybe this takes 80 hours. And so if it takes 80 hours then uh, we still want to maintain this $1,531 rate. So we need to have a mutually agreed upon uh, basically like bottom end of earnings. So with your painters, we agree that if a job was over budget, you won't get less than X per hour. Let's say it's 18 per hour. Okay. So they're motivated to produce quickly but there is a mutual trust. They need to trust that you're giving them fair budgets that are actually achievable and beatable. And in exchange, you're trusting them that they're going to produce high quality work and get it done quickly. Right? So they're motivated to get it done, but they need to trust the system. And that's the hardest part is if you, if you had a painter working for years and they've been hourly, um, it's going to be hard to create that trust. So how you can create that trust for a current employee, is by showing them the last, you know, 20 jobs that they've done or 10 jobs that they've done and saying, here's how much money you would have made if you were on piece rate. Hopefully they're all beats, right? Hopefully they would have made more money if they're on piece rate. So it's like, hey, would you like to test out piece rate for the next 10 jobs? Does that make sense? And you yeah. can potentially, if you follow this trend, make 10% more. Yeah. Yeah. I like that idea. I like that a lot, actually. Yeah, we could have like a little meeting slash seminar over at the house. We'll explain like the difference compared to the last job, show them how much they could have made. Yes. Kind of get them to, to trust the yeah. piece rate. I like that because sometimes there's jobs where it's like, okay, I know you could have done it in a week. You know, what what's going on? What happened? Right. And yeah. then, I mean, they don't, they, they can't come up with anything, you know? So I like this because it's like not as, it it's, and it motivates them to get it done faster because they're going to get paid faster, you know? Or paid uh, more. So paid more. Yes. Yeah. So I really like this idea. Thank you for sharing that. So um, when and then when you're using this on a new employee, you know, a new employee that you're hiring. Uh, oh, I just totally lost it. There we go. So when you're uh, putting it in the ad for a new employee, you can say like starting at X rate, um, earn up to. You know, you can even say like, go, go back and like, look at what your painters are earning or what they could have earned if they're a piece rate and see what's real. So say there was a job where they just like crush the budget and your painters would have made 30 bucks an hour. If they're a piece rate, you can say like earn up to 30 per hour or something like that. Hmm. And so if you have that up to in your ad, that's a lot more desirable than say, you know, the job is 23 an hour for experienced painters. And then they have some shared responsibility. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I really like that idea, actually. We should look into it. Yeah. Yeah, I have a few um, a few videos on it. Uh, there's a nugget on it, or maybe two. And uh, we also have a, a, a charge rate calculator that's uh, really quite good. 
because uh, it does get a little bit confusing or it can get a little bit confusing. Oh, not charge rate calculator, sorry. Um, a piece rate calculator. And how, in that case, how do you attract how many hours they've spent? Just word, by them telling you? So at the end of every day, they should mm -hmm. just have an hours tracker. You can, there are a lot of online tools yes. or like, like Jobber or there's some different time tracker tools that are free or very cheap. Um, but honestly, what I did is in, um, when I started a crew on a job, I would give them a copy of the client contract with um, like all the details, the color samples, an explanation of like what they're doing, a full write-up of the job, the customer expectations, things like that. And also um, on the back of the contract, I would have a spot for them to write their hours. Mm -hmm. So each painter, painter one, painter two, painter three, however many you're on, every single day they clock in, clock out, they just write how many hours they spent on the job. And hopefully them and their partner keep each other accountable and don't cheat it. They're like, you can use those digital time trackers if you really like to have them. Okay, clock in when you get to site, clock out when you leave. You can do that. I like to run the side of trusting my guys before setting up micromanaging tools like that. If someone is abusing your trust, then absolutely like make sure they clock in when they get to a job site. You can like geocode where they, when, where they clock in. So like they can open up uh, these apps, they clock in, it'll say when they clocked in and where they clocked in from. <laughs> oh. QuickBooks um, time gives you a... Pretty much does that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, you can do that for ones who have abused your trust, but I like to err on the side of trusting, trusting yeah. first. Of course. Um, and then once they put their hours, uh, then you can calculate charge rate. And the cool thing is, it, the thing that makes it a little bit more challenging is when each painter is, uh, uh, has a different hourly rate. It makes it a little bit more confusing. And so for this one, I'm just going to make a quick copy so I don't mess up the... Uh, you know what, whatever, I'll just undo it. So say the job is 5,000 and you want the labor percentage to be 40%. That means the labor budget is going to be $2,000. So if your average hourly wage is 25 an hour, let's say 2250. Oh, okay. I'm not sure what that problem was. Anyway, we're not going to solve it right now. <laughs> it's 80 <laughs> hours. Okay. So fill in your painter's hourly rates. So if we're just going to have two painters, we're going to get rid of this one. And we have a, let's say we have a 20 and a 25. Okay. So then how many paint, how many hours did each painter actually work on the project? So if it's an 80 hour project, let's say this paint, painter one worked 30 hours and painter two worked 40 hours. So we had 70 hours total on the project. <coughs> now this calculator kicks out um, how much to pay each painter. So painter one produced <coughs> 42 print, 40, painter one produced 42.86% of the job and you should pay them 34 hours at their rate, earning $686. They earned 23 an hour. And then painter two produced 57% of the job. You should pay them 46 hours at their pay rate, earning 11.43. They earned $29 per hour. So we, at the start, we put our target as 40%. Mm -hmm. And because they beat the budget and their hourly rates, their total labor, the total labor percentage ends up being 36% of the job. Make sense? Yes, it does. So always tell them how many hours the job is worth, not what the dollar amount is worth in terms of labor. Because okay. if you start telling them the dollar amount, they're going to see, oh, it's a $5,000 job and they're only paying us $1,800. Yeah. 
right? But if it's like, okay, we have 50 hours, then it, it like gamifies it and it, it, it separates the dollar amount from their labor hours. Yes. So it sounds like you guys got a lot to work on. Yes, yes we, we do. do. <laughs> so what are you going to do from here? <coughs> well, right now I'm sitting down and I have my computer set and I'm about to start watching those modules and um, implementing what you've um, also taught us right now and just getting, I think, like Mati said, we're inheriting um, this company. So getting all of us on the same page um, and trying to just get all, all of us on the same page. You know, we want to grow our company. And I think all these notes that we've taken are going to really help and stay more organized and not put so much on our plate as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm, we the second we get off this, I'm going to sit down and start listening to those modules. Perfect. Yeah, we need a... <clears throat> We need a way to track our um, everything that's going on. You know, with that that um, hourly tracker is going to help us a lot. Um, the the sheet you were sharing with us and um, yeah, that's actually in your first workbook that that you get right that that section one workbook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I I've I've been picking up all of this information, kind of delegating the information, but I think it's. Um, I, I need to figure out a different way to kind of get the information across and make sure that it's being implemented. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's the next uh, thing I need to focus on is making sure everyone's implementing the, the different um, techniques and uh, systems that, that are being taught in the course. Yeah. As the, you know, as the, I'm assuming you're taking over as a CEO. Yeah. Okay. So as the CEO, yeah, it's your responsibility to to know the system to understand the system and then to delegate the system mm -hmm. so it's not necessarily just about hey production manager watch this video and go do it mm -hmm. but it's like okay i need to understand it i need to create the documentation and then i can delegate it to my team got it yeah yeah got it sweet well uh thanks guys that was fun mike that was incredible thank man you. i, thank I, you I so greatly much. greatly greatly appreciate it i know that was a lot more than you probably thought you you had coming at you no, that's all good. I love it. And uh, it's always more. It's always it, it always ends up being more. And that's <laughs> all good. That's just kind of part of it. Have a good one. Thanks, everyone for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the painter growth podcast. If you want to grow your painting business, go to www.paintergrowth.com or click on the top link in the description. Talk soon.